0: You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Broadcasting out of our studios in Melbourne. Uh, The torrential downpour has just about finished. Our our special guests, though, are via Zoom in Goa. Um, I know the guy on the right side, Josh. Do you know who
1: the guy is on the left? Yeah, we've chatted to him a couple of times yeah, here on yeah, the station. Yeah, He's got true. some interesting yeah. stories from his travails throughout uh, throughout Asia, especially. Yeah. He once yeah. played an away game in North Korea, would you I, believe? I,
0: I remember the guy on the left because he, he scored a fabulous goal for City against victory in a derby. Mm, I choose not and to remember that man, one. It was a, it, it, he just <laughs> soared, put his head on the ball, and it went into the back of the net. And let me tell you, the stadium just erupted. Uh, Eric Partelou. And Andy Pascaletti's a couple of young legends, gentlemen. Welcome wow. to FNR. Good to be back on. Thanks for having us, guys. What are you? Do- what are you doing? Uh, are you commentating these days? Speak to me. Yeah, it certainly looks that way.
2: Um, yeah, playing my playing career is on hold at the moment, shall we say, a holding pattern. But um, yeah, I haven't decided what I'm going to be doing yet. I, I got let go. Um, out of my contract here with the team outside the window, which was unfortunate timing, so um, I was snapped up pretty quickly by the network and, you know, obviously done a little bit of TV work before and Andy helped me out, you know, get me through this process, um, you know, to get across here and Andy's been working here for, what, seven or eight seasons now, so it was an easy decision in the end just to, you know, fill the gap while I'm waiting to see what comes up in the next window, but, you know, so far I'm really, really enjoying it and yeah, I'm not sure if I'll go back to playing but we will have to wait and see.
0: Is there is there a part of you that wants to play? You got unfinished business?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I think when, you know, things, you know, certainly ended sour for me at Bengaluru FC, um, you know, I'd love to finish on my own terms I know I've got a lot to give physically, but you know, I'm 35 now, I have to start thinking about the next phase, you know, transitioning into something and you know, I think this is kind of a natural progression. Eric, Eric, just give him a
3: Eric, scoop. There. Eric, Eric's he got a scoop. George, George, go on. Go he's got on. a give, scoop. Go to scoop. It's a scoop. Go on. He's got he's got this amazing offer from Estonia. <laughs> 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 overnight. <laughs> overnight. Seriously. Yeah, there's a
2: few offers coming around from strange parts of the globe. But um look, I'm really, really enjoying myself here and I've actually, you know, gaining a lot out of it, you know, personally. So um, it's a good place to start over here in India, and let's see where it takes me.
0: What's the, the Premier League like? How has it been received? Are the crowd, There are no crowds at the moment because of COVID, no. correct?
3: No, look, the Super League's evolved from 2014. It's the eighth season, 11 teams this year. Uh, when it first started, there was only 14 games for the teams, and obviously now there's 20. They're looking at expanding. Uh, we're in a bubble in Goa. All the games are played at three stadiums. Even even the broadcast team, our, our group's about 60 to 70 personnel. We've taken over a whole hotel. No outsiders allowed in our bubble. And we're split in half. So we're, we've got a game t- tonight. We've got two Aussies in action tonight. Jordan Murray for Jamshedpur against Joel Kiyanese for Hyderabad. Both teams doing very well this season. And um, tomorrow, John Helm. the the esteemed commentator, his crew will take over and do the next game. So it works well. Um, They've just aligned with One Football, which is a global reach of 100 million, a German company. So you can see the games on their platforms. Um, So it's available for everyone to see. It was on Fox every season. I'm I'm really not sure Fox are doing it again. I I assume that One Football has got the global rights now. Um, So, look, it's enjoyable to beat the stadium. We miss the fans, as you do. Can you yeah. imagine going to a Melbourne derby with no fans? No. I mean, it's no. that's tough. That's tough. But young Buggerlug's over here, not because he's next to me. Um, he's made the transition from footballer to pundit very comfortably. Um, he commands a lot of respect because he's won titles here. Um, he, he was a big-name player. But For me, um, we've had a lot of Australians play over here, and we've got seven this year. But I think the, the, the top two Aussies that have played here, one's currently playing. He scored a cracking goal last night, David Williams, who you know well, George. Yep. And of course, this guy here played about 67, 68 games, uh, a bucket load of goals and assists. And I know it's hard for him to tell you the true story of what happened to Bengaluru, but for legal reasons, we can't really elaborate. But it's their loss and our gain as a broadcast, a massive gain for us, for the global audience, um, because, you know, he's walked the walk and now he's talking the talk, so to speak.
0: Fantastic stuff.
1: Eric, uh, earlier this year you, you spoke out a little bit about not being allowed back into the country. Uh, just how hard has yes. it been uh, living in the bubble? You've had this is, it your, is it your situation with your, your club and your contract that, you know, we're not going to go into detail, but it's been a difficult time for you for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, at that point in time, the Delta variant hadn't come through the world. And, you know, in hindsight, you know, it was a little bit premature of all of us to be, you know, crying about coming back home. And obviously the government must have been clued into about, you know, something big coming, and it was. Um, but at that point in time, like I was, you know, thinking about coming home in the off-season and actually had that away trip in the Maldives and, you um, know, I still wasn't allowed to come back to Australia if I'd spent 14 days previous in India. And so all the IPL cricketers had to spend time outside of India to then come home and quarantine. And, you know, being in the the bubble for the last sort of two seasons, um, it takes its toll. You know, day in, day out, you're in the hotel um, just going to training, coming back. And then not to mention what I had to go through to even get to, say, the UK to spend time with my family was you know, go via a third country, spend 10 days there, then go and spend another 10 days in quarantine. And then, mm. you know, going back to Australia um, in November, they to get my visa for so this. was mm. the first time I'd been home in a couple of years. So, mm. you know, you, you're definitely distant from family. Mm. Um, we've had it tough, but some of these crew members over here, mate, they've been IPL, World Cup, yeah. ISL, um, you know, bubbles for two years straight. Just bubble up the
3: bubble. Even get, I mean, getting here... Uh, Andy Penner's our, our presenter here. Uh, he went via was it uh, Malaysia, Malaysia, yeah. London. Did he stop off in Dubai? Uh, yeah, it's a I, I went. I went Sydney, Dubai, Dubai, Delhi, Delhi, Goa. You, but you were lucky. You went yeah. Sydney,
2: Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, Bombay,
0: Bombay
3: yeah. then back down. So. The world's not the same anymore.
2: You no, know, it's it's just is a difficult it. place to move around.
0: And neither are uh, all those uh, what they called uh, flying points that you used to get. Um, once upon a time, they were worth their weight in gold. Not so much these days, are they, Andy?
3: <laughs> oh, not really. But you know what we we get the fly business. So my place <laughs> are looking good. Oh, can I name the airline? Go I'm not on. sure if uh, If anyone from Emirates is watching, thank you for making me a silver member. I've only flown with you four times. I loving <laughs> it.
0: But, yeah, but you don't go just uh, you know Sydney to Melbourne, mate. You go the full the full hog.
3: Yeah, yeah I, was, I was telling Eric about one of the things that we were really uh, discussing away from football, which is pretty cool, about family and, and how I've only been to Greece three times. He's been to Estonia just the one, just time, one time. And he was thinking of perhaps going back. And 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 like Krishna, you know, Fijian Indian has come back to his cultural home, Calcutta, and he's playing for ATK Mohun Bagan, setting all sorts of records. His daughter was born here a couple of weeks back. And it's, it, it's interesting, we've had the same conversation that our family, our history, you know, and, and, and one of the things I loved about old football was the history of those multicultural communities and what they brought to the table to our game. Mm. And unfortunately, in 17 years, the A-League really hasn't addressed it. Mm. And I know I got in trouble a few years ago for saying that, but I'll, I'll stick by that, that um, the one thing that I always loved about our game, and being an Aussie born is our rich history, like yourself, George. I mean, we've got a history that leads to a genocide. That the government now uh, is—it's wonderful. I think while I was here, George—is it yep. correct? The yep. federal government are now going to recognise this. Correct. So all 3 this is what, all this, three this genocides is what,
0: that happened uh, look like they're now going to be recognised, which is quite extraordinary. It's that's yeah. not a big deal. That's an extraordinary deal because you and I it have is. spoken about this many times over, and we never thought it would happen in our lifetime, and, but it looks that's, very that's, exciting.
3: It does, and, and look, and this is what football does. It brings all cultures and peoples together, and um, sadly, from the old NSL days, we've lost a group of supporters that were made distant overnight. Yeah. Mm. Um, we didn't embrace them and yep. say, look, this is the way forward. This is what we need to do. We all, the, the NSL was a basket case. Mm. You didn't play old in a season. I played, I played one
2: one, one game, one, one game for, for Northern Spirit, but even that it was difficult for you know ethnicity groups to to attach themselves to the new A League because it was just one team per city. And when you support a club, your whole your whole life and your family goes through there. You go to the club on the weekend. You're doing this and that. Um, you know, there's a huge community aspect, and I think they've kind of fallen away from having that community aspect in the A League for sure.
0: Uh, very true. Uh, the Optus uh, team here in Australia has made a point of uh, creating a series of vignettes with uh, that view where football belongs oh, that's right. and we've had yep. the likes yep. of Aloisi. we've had the likes of uh, George Columbaris, uh, 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 Nick Gianopoulos and others uh, help to tell some of those uh, you know, reminiscences that, that took them back to their early days, whether it was Pratt & Park helping your grandfather or your uncle you know, distribute the the best nuts in town, uh, and yeah, then yeah. watching the game. Right. Um, they were special oh. times, um, Andy. They, and, they were, and and what when yeah, we reflect they, on they them, were. and when we reflect on them, they're rich with with great characters. And I'm just wondering now, as we as we reminisce and talk about the the differences. Imagine all the players that you've you've had a chance to compete with or against, and play with. Uh, That would be some sort of inventory list, uh, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I'm kind of only only
2: just saw, you know, the last little piece of the NSL before it broke up into the A-League. And even in that situation for myself, a whole generation of footballers, you know, were not given an opportunity to become professionals. So at 17, I had to, you know, basically go across to the UK and trial you know, every off season I was having, I think I was part time with Northern Tigers and Paramount, I'm a leader, and Melita, and the the state leagues were you know through the roof with talent for a couple of years, and then every team then had one team per city, and you had twenty squad members. So for an eighteen year old kid, you're never going to get a chance. But the pathway is a little bit more clearer now for the for the young guys coming through. But certainly for myself, I had to go outside the country to forge a career to come mm. back, mm. and not many people you know took that that gamble or had the means to do so. Um, very, very thankful for the, the family and upbringing I had. But, mm. you know, a lot of good footballers still go to waste um, in Australia, whether they can't afford the fees or they can't align themselves with the club. Um, all, know, all, a club. You know, All the
3: mental strength yeah. to leave family yeah. and, and support yourself. And then you're in that group of youngsters at a professional club where there's another 30 similar type players of ability, that you're True. fighting for their spot and you're the foreigner and, and you would have gone through that. The, the, just, uh, just my last comment on the old new football, the one thing that I've loved is the advent of the FFA Cup because it's given old football the chance to embrace. And True. one of the, 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 the compelling moments for me was last week, Peter Philopoulos, who we all love, and it's great that he's at the coalface, uh, he's done so much, as we know, in Victoria and with Perth Glory. He sent me a photo with James Johnson, Peter Escoplis, Jim Patikas, and Peter Catholis from Belmore Sports Ground last week at the FFA Cup where there were thousands there to watch Sydney Olympic play Sydney FC. Yes. That's right. Did, he tell, you, that's did what... he
0: tell you how bad the weather was? <laughs> no, quite no. seriously. They had an appalling night and a week earlier South Melbourne had played uh, Melbourne City again at Lakeside. And the That's weather right. was just as bad. And the fans <laughs> made their effort to get there. It Had it been a, a, a fine weather night on both occasions, yeah. they would have been truly memorable. They were memorable for those that love the game mm. and especially yeah. hear that chant, Olympic, Olympic.
2: <laughs> yeah, it just, it,
0: it, the, the hair on the back of your neck, especially Andy would remember uh, in the days when John Constantine was president and uh, when we had... Venables and others there looking after and leading those young teams filled with guys like Chris Kalanzas. Um, uh, yeah. you know, and the, the, the stories, uh, Eric, I'm just wondering if Andy has ever told you the Chris Kalanzas story about how he was swooped up by one Greek club on his way to another Greek club at the airport in Greece, Elinikon, not Sparta. Yes, mate, yes. It's a story and a half, Andy needs to tell you because. If if he tells you, if we tell you here now, you'll go, no, it didn't happen. Yeah. But it did. It did.
3: Isn't it ironic you would make mention of that because a lot of people (laughs) talk about. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the the irony is it happened to Mark Baduka. The president of Croatia was on the tarmac. (laughs) Seriously? Mark Baduka. Yeah. Mark Baduka was basically told, listen, you're coming to Europe and you're going to play for Dinamo Zagreb. Yeah. That's what every good young person of Croatian background has to do. And right. as we know, he transfers to Zagreb, Melbourne, Croatia, get a nice transfer fee that ends up building a brand-new stadium, which is named after Mark Paduka, oh, yeah. and then from Zagreb, Celtic and an incredible journey through Europe. But
0: Do you, do you remember I mean, who took him from Dinamo from Zagreb, to, to Celtic? No. Who Vo- did? Josef Venglos. It was Van Wow. That's, why, that's what makes the selfish. journey even more exciting mm. because he had come to Australia, Eric, can you believe this? Yeah. From Czechoslovakia as it was then, he came to our school, our high school in Sydney to learn English, to further his English and to spread yeah. the gospel because he was a preacher of the game, you follow? And yeah. a great coach. And lo and yeah. behold, he sees this young Australian talent and he goes, if I ever get an opportunity, I'm going to mine this talent. And sure enough, when he became the coach of New South Wales, when he was the coach at Prague, he saw some of this outstanding young talent. And he had no fear when he was at Celtic to say to Alden Sundry, there's a smart young bomber from Victoria call the and the rest is history wow. yeah, yeah, yeah well george I'm, I'm anxious
1: that we might be uh, losing the younger generation on this one so uh let, let's let's go back to the present day uh eric tell me about the, the quality of play in the isl uh these days you know I, I don't think its reputation was done any good by the the santo sam and ed jokes about superannuation league back in the day which while a good yeah, pun yeah. maybe not so yeah. accurate these days i mean we see uh, players, Australian players making the gamble to go over there. Speaking of making a gamble to go overseas, I mean, someone like Jordan Murray, yeah. whose goal-scoring statistics in the NPL were off the charts. Mm. And when he finally gets an yeah. A-League club on his CV, he suddenly got professional opportunities overseas. I guess COVID hasn't helped, but, um, you know, there, yeah. there was a time where the ISL was, was poaching some of the A-League's best players there for a little bit.
2: Yeah, look, the first three seasons, absolutely, you, you've hit the nail on the head. They were playing with, what, six foreigners, and you could sign up to any any number. Um, so the Indian you know, level wasn't
3: improving because we had all these foreigners coming. Who didn't know. come? Yeah. <laughs> Adel Piero, Roberto Carlos, Ibn Yeah, Elka, yeah. Uh, just uh, John Rees. It just went on and on and on. They
2: had too many players that were coming at the end of their careers, even coming out of retirement. But then after season three, they started to get their act together. They put two new clubs in, uh, Bengaluru FC and Jamshapur come into the league. Um, you know, and the foreign rule now has reduced. So now it's only four on the pitch and six in the squad. So this season is a little bit of a transition period where we're actually seeing a lot more Indian talent coming through, scoring a lot of goals yeah. as well. Um, you know, I, I definitely think the standard's going up and up every year. And certainly the, the level of foreigners that are coming to the league are guys in their mid 20s, early 30s, not seeing these guys at the end of their careers. And when I first came here, I was, what, 30, 31 years old. So, I was worried that I was, you know, what's going to happen if I play here and then am I going to make a move afterwards? But I, I end up playing my whole, you know, you know, mid part of my 30s here. But for someone like Jordan Murray coming at a young age, um, you know, he's finding it tough to get game time now because the foreign guys have gotten the side mm. at top level. Well, lower. they've
3: got Greg Stewart who won a, a, a premiership with Rangers under Gerrard last season. Yeah. And Naria Spauskas who's a Lithuanian golden boot winner, um, top scorer. The one thing that I've never asked Eric is how many Indian players do you think, honestly, could cut the mustard in the A-League back home? Mm. Yeah, I've always thought about this because, you know,
2: we used to have the plus one spot, didn't we, back home. And right. It makes a lot of sense commercially and also, you know, to, to, to make that Australia-India League even stronger, which is going to happen you know, more, more so than the Australian-China, I think, I think, in the future. But yeah, I, I'd love to see some players come across here, you know, certainly a goalkeeper, in, you know, Guprit Simsandhu, who's the number one goalkeeper in India. He's a six-foot-seven bloke, um, amazing goalkeeper. Sunil Chetri, who's also the captain of the Indian national team, is a bit older now, could make the jump. Um, but we're going to see these, you know, the, the, the city football groups obviously bought club uh, in Mumbai city and they're developing talent. I hope to get some of these boys across the pond because there's a talent pool here that nobody has really respected for a long time. Um, And we just hope now that one or two of these players can go across to a country like Thailand, maybe Australia and it opens up that link. But look, the level's you know going up and up every
1: year. Well, speaking of embracing Australia's multicultural communities, I mean, what would having an Indian player in the A-League do well, for the A-League in terms of crowds? I, I remember talking to, yeah, to yeah. Matt Windley back in yep. uh, when there were the expansion process and, and he was looking to get Team 11 in the competition. His dream <laughs> was to bring Sunil Treachery over as the marquee player.
2: Mate, it, it makes sense in a team like Western Sydney. You know how big the Indian community is out there. Huge. Um, you know, hardworking people, just lovely people to be around. Um, and as footballers, you know, like I said, they're, they're, they're a type of, um, you know, a teammate that are open-minded. They want to learn. They want to get better. Um, they're motivated. And, you know, before they weren't really, you know, that athletic. They were quite, how would I say you know, trying to be professional without the right direction. Mm -hmm. But in the last couple of years, the Indian Super Mm -hmm. League have had good coaches come across, you know, the city groups bought into it. So there's a whole level of professionalism that's coming through. And some of these boys that are playing in the ISL now are are very, very good players Mm -hmm. and could easily play at a different level. But Uh, Yeah, look,
3: you know, the coaching's great. Des Buckingham checkmated a guy who's won more titles than anyone against Christian and Williams 5-1 last night. Yeah. They did have a player sent off, but it was 3-0 at that stage. The one thing that I would say to anyone from the A-League clubs, honestly, what I can't understand, that there hasn't been a relationship, a strong relationship, fostered. We've seen City Football Group buy into Mumbai, smart business. They win the title. Melbourne City win the title. Man City win the title. Good for business. Yeah. What I would say, if I was an A-League club in terms of development, contact Andy or Eric and and say, listen, are there three or four young Indian players that we can bring into our academy and spend six months with them and see where their levels can take them? Because I believe with all due respect to the structures here, Mm. I think if we can do that back home Mm. and you start this cultural engagement through football, Mm. Um, we've got this amazing bond through cricket as we've seen over the years and the unique part of the equation here in India with football and cricket is Virat Kohli is a part owner of FC Goa. Ganguly's been involved with ATK, Mohan Bagan. Um, we've had MS Dhoni at Chennai Inn. Yeah. So all these cricketers, top end, Tendulkar, Kerala Blastens. Keral so yeah. they love their football, but we haven't, as a country or as a football nation, say through the FFA or the state bodies, mm. come up with some sort of interaction on an ongoing basis. And it would be beneficial for both because if you develop a couple of Indian players, they could become raw jewels and all of a sudden they could be playing A League football. Yeah.
2: Oh, it's massive. Look at the, the size of the population too. And I think you can see it with countries like India and China. China's a you know spent millions and millions of dollars of trying to produce just mass produced players in, in big academies and you know far corners of China. But not having that exposure level, as you know, in a football-developing country, um, you know, you, you need to have those players being exposed. And that's why the players here probably stunted their growth a little bit. The, the structure and the pathway is not clear. Um, and once they get to, you know, senior level, are they going to go further than the Indian Super League? At the moment, they're not. So you've,
0: you've left us with plenty to think about, uh, guys. Well yeah. done. Well done. Uh, so who? what happens now? Who are you calling tonight, guys? Well, it's raining. It's, it's raining. Actually, I try yeah. and fuck off. <laughs> yeah. it's,
3: it's it's actually bucketing down. We've had um, it's unfamiliar to me to be honest with you. Coming coming here the last uh, seven or eight years that we've got this weather that we've got at the moment. But um, I'm hearing it's also similar back home. But
0: yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah, we've
3: got a, we've got a big game tonight. We've got championship for Hyderabad um, and Jordan Murray. Uh, we we await to see whether he gets to start. He's come off the bench twice. Joel Azy. Uh, when he came off the bench last time out, he scored with his first touch. And Joel Pianese, who's, who's done very well at Hyderabad, this is his second season with the club, and and obviously Jordan was top scorer for Kerala Blasters, and you think of, of that club, and you think of some of the players that have played at that club, and um, some of the coaches that they have had at that club, you know, Steve Koppel, uh, Bruce James. You know, we've had some amazing look people of football, pedigree, yeah. come here as players and coaches, but it's a transition now. It's all about the Indian players. We've yeah. had, I think, now, after last night, we had three more Indians play for the very first time in the Hero Indian Super League. So we've had 16 new young Indian players being given a chance to make their debut. So um, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity.
0: Eric, give us a sense of the style of football the Indians are producing. Uh, we're not seeing six-foot-seven centre-backs, are we? Are we seeing dainty, yeah. dainty? Uh, you know, attacking midfielders yeah. and, and, and eights and tens?
2: When, yeah. when I came to the country, even just, you know, looking at their, their faces, everyone is so different in India. You know, from, from the south of India to the northeast of India, completely different complexion, completely yeah. different body shape. Um, yeah. Generally speaking, mindset. mindset the, yeah. the northeast players are very, very fast, athletic. Mostly you've got your wingers that are from the northeast, Your big, tall defenders are from the south of India. Your midfielders are from Goa because they're fitter. (laughs) There's definitely that diversity where you couldn't put your finger on it. But I definitely say, um, you know, since I've been here since season four to season eight, um, you can definitely see, you know, the first season, maybe six or seven teams were, were pushing for that top four. And now in this, you know, stage of the season, season eight, um, anyone can win it. Any team could be capable of winning the league. So it's, it's,
3: it's just made that competition even closer. Yeah, definitely. It's an open. It's an open competition this season, no doubt. And I think the fact that only four foreigners are allowed on a pitch, and what coaches tend to do here is they look more for a centre back combination of two foreigners, mm-hmm. one midfielder, and one at the top. But now they're juggling around and going, hey, you know what? Let's work on an Indian centre back with a foreign yeah. centre back, and gives us better attacking options. So they're still trying to all that out at the moment. They're trying to produce,
2: and that's a good thing that we're saying on commentary all the time, it gives somebody an opportunity to stand out in those spine positions because generally speaking, as Andy said, you put your foreigners through the spine. Now we're seeing the emergence of someone like a Narendra Gullard who's playing for, for Jamjadpur alongside of Peter Hartley who's a foreigner from the UK, and he's doing a great job, but he's being led you know, by the foreign player to try and you know develop his talent. And then up front... We still haven't seen enough strikers come through because, generally speaking, every Asian league, number nine's from from Brazil or from Europe. And um, we're hoping to see the emergence of some of these players through the spine. Are you There's watching the Australian leagues? League?
0: Any, any A-League yet? Just highlights. Yeah, just highlights. <laughs> just we highlights. Can get.
2: Not much at all. Um, what are we, a couple of rounds in? Yep. Brisbane mm-hmm. Roar yep. looks like they've lost a couple of games, so that's not good for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I still follow it. Like obviously, I still follow Brisbane Roar and Melbourne City, so see how they're getting on. And um, but yeah, it's Do you difficult mean you to don't grab the problem, phone
0: and speak to PK?
2: That's right. Well, I interviewed Des Buckingham last night, so I was trying to give him a little plug. But um, I don't think PK needs any um, any more any more admirers. He's doing really
3: well at Melbourne, isn't he? So yeah, he is. good on him. <laughs> you, actually, you gave PK a plug last night. Yeah, and that's what I said in, in the uh, post match interview. Yeah. I picked that up straight. That was your first question. I was trying to get a move. (laughs) Uh, You you know, I'll tell you one thing I've been following, and I've been doing it for a long time since he made the move. Uh, I've been following Ange Postacogli, what he's doing at Celtic. I reckon Mm. that's awesome. Um, I I hope he continues on that path because I think it's important for any Australian, particularly players or coaches, to go overseas and be successful because it opens doors for the ones behind. And that's the most important thing that they're doing outside of delivering on the field yeah, yeah. as a player or as a
2: coach. He's, great, he's validation. Big on
0: that. great validation. Great yeah,
2: validation. That's right. He's big on that too. He's a great coach in his own right. He's worked hard. Oh, you had, you, he had, had you had him? Yeah. But he's a he's type of guy that, yeah, he, he's just creating like that, that pathway, like path and enters into it. for example, going to Yokohama, places like that. Um, he's always trying to help young Aussie coaches because he knows how, how hard it was for himself. So I think his role is much much bigger than just his playing career,
1: you know? Well, I think the Wi-Fi is just starting to desert us now, so we better oh, yeah, let back. you guys go, uh, Andy, Eric. Yeah. Always a pleasure. And, rain. Eric, uh, best of luck with your next move, wherever that is.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Take care. yeah.
1: Thanks, Eric, and We're thank you, again.
0: Andy. Yes, You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.